You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Jeffrey Flanagan, who covers the Royals for MLB.com. Jeffrey, it's been a while since we've had the chance to chat. How are you? I'm hanging in there. How about you, Danny? I'm hanging in, too. I'm hanging in, too. Now, do you have a dog in this World Series fight, or are you enjoying just watching right now? <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's such a Cinderella story when you have these two low-payroll teams get there, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a small market joke, uh, but uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, to be honest, uh, I'm, I would – I was rooting for the Brewers actually a little bit because of all the ex-Royals and the Brewers. So uh, once they didn't make it, uh, my interest level dropped off a little bit. I was as well. I I liked watching that team. I liked Christian Yelich kind of coming out of nowhere, even though I think anyone in the baseball world's known how good he is for for a long time. Uh, Jeffrey, something before we get into uh, what's going on in Royals land, I had the chance to meet Dayton Moore's son, Robert last weekend at the Worldwood Bat World Championship. He plays on the Royal Scout team, and he also plays with Miguel Cairo's son, Christian. So we had a chance to interview them. They're double play partners, and they just met last year for the first time. And these guys (laughs) act like they've known each other for forever, super chatty, um, and they just compliment each other really well. Have you had a chance to meet Robert? Uh, just briefly, you know, but, uh, you know, obviously I, I talked to Dayton, you know, a lot during the season and uh, a lot of the times he's he's out of town uh, uh, watching Robert play. Um, and I know Robert uh, is an early commitment to Arkansas and right. I think uh, the perfect game had him rank the number 23 player uh, uh, in the in the land. So uh, he's certainly got some potential and uh, Dayton's very proud of him uh, and uh you know we're we're excited to to see how he will develop. Uh, and going to Arkansas, by the way, too. That's you know the homeland of David Glass, the owner. So that, that's that's uh, that's David Glass's favorite school. So I wonder how that uh, played in. <laughs> yeah, I know it, it was it was really cool to meet him. Um, really humble kid, really well spoken. Yeah. What's funny is he actually credited his mom um, for mm. some of his his baseball skills and just and playing the game, you know, because Dayton earlier on was obviously traveling a lot and, and working to get that world championship for the Royals. Um, so he credited his mom, which was pretty cool. And uh, mm-hmm. you can check that story out on MLB.com. Actually, Joe Forsaro did a nice job with that. Uh, but let's stick with Dayton, Jeffrey. Uh, he held his end of this season presser uh, last week, and he, ta- he touched on a lot of different topics. Um, Adalberto Mondesi and Whit Merrifield up the middle, Salvi and Alex Gordon winning more gold gloves. Um, and obviously Alex Gordon just continuing to to be a workhorse for that Royals team. Um, so let's start with up the middle, uh, Adalberto Mondesi and Whit Merrifield. Yeah, and obviously we saw what Whit uh, has, has done in his second full season, um, just a spectacular year, uh, led all major leagues in hits, um, you know, won the stolen base title, um, and he just keeps getting better and better. And uh, it's such a, a, a valuable weapon for Ned Yost uh, because he can play anywhere. Uh, I suspect uh, next year he'll play mostly second base and uh, become a really good combination with Edelbrot Mondesi, uh, who, who's going to be the shortstop of the future. And 
you know, we can't say enough about modesty. I, I, I admitted uh, in late August and early September, I was running out of adjectives to describe modesty because, I mean, the guy is a five-tool player, uh, one of the fastest guys in baseball, obviously has tremendous power. Uh, he's probably going to uh, whip Merrifield kidded with me that this is probably going to be his last stolen base title ever because, you know, once Modesty plays a full season, he's probably going to steal 70 or 80 bases. And uh, we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg with Modesty, and it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, he's been often compared to Francisco Lindor, and, and this is going to maybe sound sacrilegious to Indians fans, but I, I, I think he can actually be better uh, because he has – he has probably a stronger arm defensively, probably got more range, uh, more speed, um, will steal more bases. And even playing in a big park like Kauffman Stadium, you know, I think he could hit 20, 25, 30 home runs. So he could be a 30, 60 guy uh, when this is over. Um, and if he stays healthy, which he did this year, uh, it's going to be pretty exciting down the road. And obviously, Jeffrey, too, just competing in the AL Central. I think that's what that's what fans want to see most is is that team getting back to competing with the Indians because if you look I mean obviously the White Sox are you know they're trying to get back on track as well um and you have the twins who you know I feel like every other year they're sometimes they're in it sometimes they're not um but that's I think the Royals fans just kind of want some consistency back in that and when you talk about consistency you talk about Alex Gordon a guy that has been true blue to that team for an extremely long time I know you've covered him um his entire career right yeah, and uh, I mean, it, it, everybody's rebuilding, but the Indians. So it's it's it's, it's an interesting yeah. division from that standpoint. You know, the Tigers have stripped it down; they're rebuilding. Uh, the Twins made the playoffs a year ago, uh, got to the to the wild card game, and they weren't the same team this year. So they're going to strip it down. They got a new manager coming in. Uh, they're going to rebuild. Uh, the White Sox, obviously, they've been kind of rebuilding for three years, so we're kind of waiting for them to, you know, get that next growth spurt. But the Royals, this is basically their second year of rebuild, and uh, the way they played the last six weeks was very encouraging. Yeah. Uh, a lot of young guys like Ryan O'Hearn and Hunter Dozier. We mentioned Montesi. Uh A lot of young pitchers in the starting rotation uh, have showed promise, and uh, they've, they've been kind of targeting 2020 as the year they get back to being competitive again. And that might be the year that the Indians maybe take a step back too. So right. uh, it's going to get very interesting again. You know, they're just, you know, three years removed from winning a world championship. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, it, it takes, it takes time to rebuild and, and, and restructure that way. And, uh, but they're doing it the right way and they'll get there. Man, you say three years, but it, I for- and I, I know this doesn't sound nice, but it sounds like it's been longer. Um, yeah. <laughs> baseball has a funny way of, of making you kind of feel that way after the season ends. You kind of move on quickly and, and look ahead to the to the next thing. Three years ago, wow. Uh, looking ahead yeah, as well. We were just though. having the parade uh, three years ago, uh, like today, I think. Today, so, today. Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> anniversary. Yeah, it's, it's weird how baseball works that way. Um, but an, a guy, a guy who this team is looking at, and you just wrote about him. You featured him um, online, Nick Prado, um, and he played his first full season, Class mm-hmm. A Lexington, and he's he's turning heads, Jeffrey. Yeah, he really is. Uh, you know, I I hadn't seen him really. Uh, you know, seen him uh, briefly in spring training uh, last year, but hadn't seen him since uh, uh, when he was drafted in, in June of 2017. And the first thing that struck me was. Uh, how much he has grown. Um, he was 18 years old when, you know, I obviously got drafted. 
195. And uh, I mean, he's become a large mammal. Uh, he's become, <laughs> Uh, he's 6'2", 6'2 and a half, and, and 215, 220, and still growing. Uh, and he has a, a tremendously big swing. I mean, it almost reminds me of Chris Davis with the Orioles, and we don't want to make, necessarily make that comparison, but sure. he's a big, big swing. And he's terrific defensively, too. Um, definitely the first baseman of the future. It was, uh, it was fun catching up with him. Uh, you know, he was obviously with Lexington this year. They won, they won the league championship. Um, going to be promoted next year to Wilmington, probably Northwest Arkansas, double A and not that far away. Uh, You know, they, they, they kind of rushed Eric Hosmer through the system and I would suspect they'll, they'll push uh, Nick Prado to this through the system too. Yeah, that's, that's exciting for them. And that's kind of what this time is about right now is looking ahead because you've got guys in the Arizona fall league, you've got guys who go down to the Dominican and play and, and you kind of, kind of finally get to hear about the guys you forgot who got drafted, who, are supposed to be game changers for your team. That's kind of the weird thing about baseball is you don't see these guys for right. a few years, um, but you're supposed to be really excited when when they get drafted. Um, no, that's, that's really a great part. point because I think, uh, you know, during this first year rebuild, it was really hard for fans to try to identify with it because the rebuild was actually going on underneath everything. It was going down at, at, at single A and, and, and rookie ball and stuff like that. So fans, it was hard for them to identify with it, at least until – the last six weeks when they finally, you know, jettisoned some uh, older veterans like Lucas Duda and those guys and went with the young players. And, you know, they had the, they had one winning month this year and it was September. And that was predominantly because they had a bunch of young guys with a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, so I, I think the mood in Kansas City is uh, very optimistic that mm-hmm. uh, these young guys are uh, – going to provide a lot of energy next year and uh, I think everyone's looking forward to spring training and and what this team can do uh, you know obviously they're not going to win you know 95 games next year but I think they'll be a lot more competitive. Jeffrey what was the most surprising thing for you as far as um, optimism goes for next year when you looked at this Royals team? Well, I, I did not expect uh, some of the young pitchers to develop as quickly uh, uh, as they did. Jorge Lopez, you know, almost threw a perfect game in Minnesota in September. Uh, the guy they got from the Brewers in the Mike Moustakis trade, uh, he, he was just lights out. He got hurt at the end of the season. They had to shut him down. But uh, I suspect he's going to be, you know, definitely a rotation candidate next year. Uh, Brad Keller, uh, a guy they got in the Rule 5 draft uh, uh, the previous uh, December, um, was a candidate for rookie of the year. I mean, he was that good. Um, he, he's a he's possibly a, an ace of the staff. Uh, Jacob Junis was a guy who, uh, in his first full season, really came on strong, and um, he, he's going to be a, a big part of the rotation. Uh, Heath Fillmire, Eric Skoglin. You just go down the list. I, I was telling somebody else on the radio the other day that I can't remember, and I'm an old fart obviously but i can't remember uh, a, a royals team having this much young depth in the rotation and that goes back to the 90s uh, they've got eight or nine guys that they could uh, that could make the rotation next year and whoever doesn't make it will probably bolster their bullpen which they really need some help there so um it's, it's it's pretty exciting and there's a bunch of other young guys that i haven't even mentioned foster griffin who was the number one pick two years ago uh, you just go down the list. Uh, there's a lot more talent in this uh, in this organization than than maybe some of the national people give them credit for. All right, Jeffrey. The word of the week is optimism, and I think that <laughs> Royals fans should ride that out uh, for right now and and try to hold on to that 
because I think there's a lot of it with this ball club. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I, I've just noticed that from, you know, reaction on Twitter and, and the fans reaction overall emails I get, uh, uh, they're looking forward to the next spring a lot more than they did, you know, going into going into 2018. Awesome. All right, Jeff. Well, I can't wait to hear about this and how everything starts to develop. And I, as always, appreciate your time and your wisdom. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it. You're welcome. With Jeffrey Flanagan, I'm Danny Wexelman. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.